Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast where we get to the guts of what makes Star Wars meaningful to us. I'm Melissa Simmons, and I'm joined today by my two pals, Dino Nicandros. I have returned. <laughs> and Daniel Dawson. Hello there. Today, we are having our very first book club episode where we will be talking about... <laughs> my ass. Wow. We're going to talk about... I really... I'm sorry. Okay. This is literally why I write it out, because that I, that's me all... No, the, I've I, just never seen Alyssa well, have a meltdown I literally, before, so i Yeah, it. it's because I'm so on edge about this damn job that I may or may not get. Stam okay. job. Oh, sorry. I, I, that's that's the way I run. I'm not even like worried about jobs. I just am worried about life. I guess. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm keeping all of this. I literally anyway, really cannot so. remember. Today we are having our very first book club edition, and we will be talking about the High Republic: Light of the Jedi, which is a book written by Charles Soule. Today we will be covering part one, The Great Disaster, and by God, we're Star Wars fans. Oh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Star Wars inside the Tauntaun. This is our podcast opening song. Alyssa, Daniel, and Dino talking about Star Wars. Like and Well, welcome back, Dino. We missed you. Oh, we missed you thank so you. much. Thank uh, you. Special thank you to Luke Monday for heroically stepping in. He's way better than that Tuesday guy. He's better than Luke Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Don't get me started on Luke Thursday. That oh. <laughs> oh, God. Guys, we're back inside the time. Yes. Oh, it's, it's been so long since we've talked about anything Star Wars. Star Wars. It's wow. so cozy and moist in here. And we find ourselves, <laughs> we find ourselves in an inter- interesting position of of having to step in and out of the Tauntaun yeah. with, with great frequency now because mm-hmm. Marvel, now that the train has started rolling, refuses to uh, to stop. So, so if, th- if this becomes a, a situation where you only listen to every other episode that we release, that's totally fine by that's us. Okay. We that are okay. We are enjoying all of the brand new content, and we're excited to truly talk about it. Gift. We, it is. It is a gifted time. It's a to bountiful, us. bountiful, bountiful time. to the nerds. Yes, there is great plenty. Yes, indeed, nerds are plenty. But um, we have been uh planning this book club for twelve edition years. for a really long time. <laughs> this um. Light of the Jedi came out back in January. January, yeah, and I was like so excited that I I was so blessed. Um, uh, my our all of our good friend Chris Villain um happened to get a copy of it before like it actually came out, and I was like, oh, woo, woo! doesn't doesn't matter, doesn't matter. <laughs> and um, I think the most miraculous thing about this book is that Daniel is reading it. Uh, you Daniel guys, is reading the actual text. I read, I read letters and words, and I put them together and made a story in my head. And, it's incredible. And, and I heard people. I I, I heard them talking. And <laughs> is that what books are like? Well, and I have to give you credit, Daniel, because I'm listening to it. Oh, and a great shout what? out to Mark Thompson who is Star Wars narrator extraordinaire. He's so freaking good. So 
unbelievably good. Yeah, I'm doing a combo. So I'm reading some chapters and listening to some chapters. Gotcha. And that's really... And I'm really... just doing it the old-fashioned way because I'm 4,000 years old. Of course. I am. Um, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, ironically enough, I guess, is that irony? I don't know. I, I, I'm. I'll teach you about it someday. Thank you, Alanis. Don't listen to Alanis. She's a liar. She screwed up my mind. I I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And oh, I, 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 um, yeah, I, I, I was the first to finish this section, which is insane. You were by by a country mile too. (laughs) I was meandering. Uh, But none of that matters. Yeah. So today we're just going to be talking uh, part one of the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, then our next uh, book club episode, we'll we'll do part two. Yeah, so we're doing a synopsis. So this is obviously a massive spoiler alert. So if you haven't read the book yet, or if you are just going of to, this first section, just of the part, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we thought it would be helpful not only to ourselves to give us time to read it, but also for you if you are haven't even picked it up yet, or if you are reading slowly and want breakdowns as you go. This will be a good format for you if you like to read it all at once. I don't know why you're here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, we're going to read this little synopsis that was actually, I just completely stole it from fandom.starwars.com, so, um, which is a really fun place for, for all things Star Wars, Star Wars-y. Um, so we're just going to get going with this, and then we'll chat about part one of the book. Sound good? That sounds just fine. I'll all take right, it. All right. Let's do it. I shall begin. The freighter Legacy Run under Captain Hedda Cassett is making a routine run into the Outer Rim territories, carrying around 9,000 passengers who are moving to the edge of the galaxy. Captain Cassett goes on her evening rounds, scolding young Serge Ukarian Serge! for trying to access age-inappropriate hollows, little stinker, and checking space to make porn. sure... Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. basically space porn, absolutely. And, um... Checking to make sure a shipment of volatile liquid Tabana is properly secured. I would name my daughter Tabana. It's a beautiful word. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a sister you of name Tatiana. Name her after a space gas, Daniel. <laughs> space, well, that's very She's on explosive. brand for Daniel. <laughs> uh, just after she returns to the bridge, however, something almost impossible happens. An obstacle in hyperspace, dead ahead, with seconds to impact. Cassett tries to steer the legacy run around the obstacle, but the starship's great age, over a century, catches up with it, and she only has time to seal the passenger compartments before dying, as the legacy run is ripped apart. In the Hetzal system, Scantex, Mervyn Getter, and Vel Karan are respectively doing and not doing their jobs on board the Outer System Monitoring Station when they are jolted into awareness by the sudden detection of multiple exits into real space. The new arrivals aren't scheduled, and the two quickly realize the star system is in grave danger. They manage to send a warning back to Hetzal Prime, but their space station is atomized before they can reach their shuttle. I'm just going to say really quick that when I go poop from now on, I'm going to call it multiple exits. <laughs> okay, I digress. On Hetzel's surface, Minister Zephrin Eka is advised of the disaster taking place within his system. With the help of the young technician Kevin Tarr, they are able to send out a distress signal to the Galactic Republic, a call which is answered by Jedi Master Avar Chris. I think that's how I was saying it in the book. Avar? I think it's Avar. Is it Avar? I always say the damn name wrong. It's okay. Avar. Avar Chris on board the Emissary Classic Republic 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 Cruiser Third Horizon 
in transit from the Starlight Beacon space station. When the cruiser arrives in the system, its complement uh, its complement of Jedi vectors and Republic long beams launches with those on board spreading out to assist the system in any way possible while Chris coordinates the effort from the Third Horizons bridge. Jedi Master Loden Greatstorm and his Padawan, Bell Zedifer, are among the first to reach the surface of Hetzel Prime to help the citizens evacuate. They encounter a gated compound where armed guards are keeping a desperate crowd away from a starship. Greatstorm utilizes his identity as a Jedi, to persuade the guards to allow the many settlers begging to be let on board to escape with the family who resides in the mansion, after he and Bell repel a group of would-be pirates. Meanwhile, a group of vectors piloted by Jedi Te'ami, Mikkel Sutmani, and Nib Asek, accompanied by her padawan, Bryaga Agaburi, work with a Repub- work with Republic Longbeam, piloted by Joss and Pika Adrian, aiming to destroy a chunk of debris headed for the fruited moon. However, Buryaga interrupts them after seeing life forms on board. When Avar Chris is informed of this development, she locates ten such pieces of debris and spreads the word that those people are to be rescued as well. As the rescue mission continues in space, Captain Finial Bright of the Republic Defense Coalition sacrifices his life so his subordinates Inamine and Peoples can evacuate the wounded crew of Solar Array 22X before it explodes. Avar Chris, meanwhile, realizes she has missed something, and a scan of a piece of debris that catches her interest reveals it to be a liquid Tabana tank, on course for the largest of the system's suns. Oh, God! Admiral Cronara fills Avar in on what this means. Since the star is in our class, if (laughs) (laughs) if the tank hits the star... It will nearly double in size and begin emitting radiation lethal to the life forms in the system. Oh, that's such a bummer. As another evacuation continues, <laughs> everyone is pooping in this book. Um, as another evacuation continues, Avar calls out to the Jedi in the Hetzel system again, determined to save it. She brings them together in an effort to use the Force to push the tank off uh, its collision course. The effort is immense and exhausting, with some participants, such as Jedi Knight Raw Baraki, dying due to exhaustion. Poor guy. At one point, Avar loses the tank before Estala Maru finds it again. Eventually, the Jedi from across the galaxy joining in, they, they succeed. The liquid Tabana tank grazes the star's photosphere before tumbling away, heated but intact. Kevin Tarr broadcast the Jedi effort on the holonet, ensuring that they unknowingly had a galactic audience. The Hetzel system has been saved. But it is not over. Dun, dun, dun! One day later, the first uh, emergence occurs in the Obdali system. Seven fragments of the legacy run appear in the system. Six pass through harmlessly. The seventh hits Abdali and kills 20 million people. In the aftermath, Lawrence Guerrillo of Guerrillo Technologies decides to relocate his company and employees. However, the convoy is attacked, and not just by any pirates. They are targeted by the Nil. Did I say that right? Nile. Nile? Okay. Yeah. It's Nihil. Nihil the Nile. (laughs) 
a particularly terrifying group of marauders that have developed a reputation in recent years for leaving few survivors. Lawrence Gorillo is not one of them. We call him Larry. <laughs> Good old Larry Gorillo. Yeah, that's part one. So that's part one. That was a lot of information. So Part um, one, the disaster. And what a disaster. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the book yeah, is not this, a disaster. I'm, you you, do, you understand this, what I mean. Yes, yes. <laughs> this this whole first section reads like an apocalyptic movie. Oh, mm-hmm. totally. Like, yeah, it's a disaster Like 2012. Film. Or it, it's, uh, it's, it's really uh, harrowing. And it's... Uh, it's interesting because as Star Wars fans, we are accustomed to wars being fought mm-hmm. in yeah. the stars. And and here we find a republic that is, for all intents and purposes, quite peaceful. And right. things are good for the first time, I think, in our consumption of Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, isn't like so the, when they're the dealing with a, words, like, like all is well or something like that. Or, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All is so well. So when you're dealing Hetzel with Prime a, or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when you're dealing with a humanitarian disaster, that's kind of a new wrinkle in Star Wars problem solving. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's it's bit, very difficult when you don't have anyone to point the finger at just yet. Yeah. I'm sure we will get there, but we've definitely dealt with uh, you know planets and star systems being completely destroyed, so that's not new. But like. Um, on a level, but like... you don't really see the fallout. Like, you, yeah, you don't. You don't experience like you seldom get to experience like what people on Alderaan. Yeah, in, in the few seconds they had to comprehend what was. You know, right. it sort of reminded me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it sort of felt similar. Which I wish to, they had. It similar felt similar to Rogue One. Mm. In that we're getting yeah. to know all these characters, and then unfortunately we have to like we know Immediately what's coming. Say goodbye to them. You know, we know that they are going to be gone. Yeah. Um, how? Uh, for those of you who haven't haven't picked up the book or uh, listened to it on audiobook, um, how do you two feel about the sort of structure? Of the book, kind of jumping, like it. jumping between all of these different places in the I galaxy. I mean, it's it's not it's not like a um, it's not an unusual structure if you've ever like you know if you read like fantasy novels and things like that because um, uh, I mean it's <laughs> completely different. But um, you know, like for instance, like the Lord of the Rings books like tend to jump they from, jump all over like, yeah, yeah there's like the, there's these chunk of characters that are doing this for one chapter and then we go to another chapter and it's a completely different chunk of characters that are doing something but at the same time that the other people were doing in the other chapter so it's it, it's mind-boggling at some times but it, it, it does make sense and um yeah i i, I trying to structure that like I, wrapping my head around how the, the writers were able to do all yeah that. i want to commend Charles Soule and and the all of the writers that are on this new, you know, High Republic team because he he had a huge task ahead of him which is sort uh. of like creating this new Star Wars that we don't we don't know. You yeah. Know? Um and to have it feel to have it feel not expositional as well. Yeah. Like it's still a fun read and to make at the same time to make it feel familiar and mm-hmm. Yes keep us rooted in star wars lore but uh as you said uh almost entirely new mm-hmm. yeah absolutely but we're definitely getting some like 
some new flavors, which is cool. I, I um I loved the uh if I remember right, there was um they they used their lightsabers to power their their weapon systems on the on the uh, on the vectors on the vectors right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was dope. yeah I was like that's cool. well I've never and, seen something like that before I don't think yeah I mean you 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 stole one of my thoughts because the vectors I think are uh, a really cool ship design and and they're described as having really minimal controls mm. and that it's it's basically it's the Jedi's job. Like, it's the Jedi's job yeah. to 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 fly it, which is like, really to cool. really fly it. Very neat. Yeah. And 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 the description of them kind of shooting through the atmosphere, it it was basically almost free fall mm-hmm. with with just very minimal control over over them and how thrilling and terrifying how uh, too. Uh, for birds yeah. and it, and it kind of it, it proves disastrous as they're as the the Jedi are coming together to kind of solve the calamity the concentration it takes just to fly one of those and then add on top of that the the physical and psychological burden of having to reach out with the force to handle something else at the same time yeah it's a lot uh, it shows you like how powerful these jedi were in their prime well no another cool little um uh new fun look at the force um was is it avar i think it was avar that had the ability to sort of reach out with like and it, it, she they described it as sort of like music yes so this is this, really is, this is like the right this is the point that stuck i i have the passage here where we get such a fascinating look at how different jedi interpret the force yeah. and how the force reaches out to them and how they hear it which is turn. cool because it makes you feel like it's it's unique for every person yeah right and there's a great passage here and uh I'll read it now. It says, uh, What Avar Chris heard as a song, Elzar Man saw as a deep, endless storm-tossed sea. The Wookiee Buriaga was a simple leaf on a gigantic tree with deep dug roots and sky-high limbs. Douglas Soonval saw the force as a huge, interlocked set of gears made of an endless variety of materials from crystal to bone. Belzedifar danced with fire. Loden Greystorm danced with the wind. All of the Jedi were the force. And the force was all of them. Hmm. That is the most Star Wars passage. So that's so cool. I saw the force. But it's it's personal to like their their interpretations are personal to each of them, which is. Mm -hmm. And that's the fun thing about this time period too, is because we're we're getting to meet tons of different Jedi and their Padawan and. That was overwhelming. I mean, of course, it's overwhelming at any beginning of the book, like that you read, especially a fantasy book, just like right. so learning all these new introduced. names and places. Yeah. You're like, oh, my brain. There are a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and because so far there aren't any recognizable characters. Like we have, I think they spoke of Yoda maybe once. No, did I? Yeah, yeah he's mentioned they, a couple they times. Him up. Yeah, and yeah. he kind of gets involved in the action without without being there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we'll get to that that moment in a sec but um mm-hmm. avar chris i find her very fascinating already and yeah, we same. really don't we don't know all that much about her but she uh is a powerhouse mm-hmm. with the force yep very clearly uh a very cool customer um and i like i i, I like that this is um it, do, it doesn't feel like it's a um 
an origin story or anything like that. It's just like we are we are just picking up like on a really you know pivotal moment in right these people's lives basically yeah um and i, I find her i i find her super interesting because she doesn't seem like a a retread on any jedi we've been introduced before potentially yeah and we, we're going to need more information but she feels like a really unique and important voice in the jedi order <laughs> the people that have like read the whole book, they're all like, ha ha, because she like probably dies in the next chapter or something. No. <laughs> I really hope she's not. on the cover of the book. She can't die. She can't. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because nobody's ever done that. Before. Yeah. So, um, what other than Avar Chris, what were some other characters that stood out to y'all? Well, there's a lot of them. So yeah, well, like, yeah, lots and of we don't we, like you, like you said, Dino. We don't really know a ton about most of them so far. Yeah, because I think I think it was good because I think it would have been a little overwhelming because they they didn't spend a whole lot of time like describing each character and like where they came from and like why they think the way they think. They're just like this is how they're reacting to this particular moment in time, and that was I think good writing. Um, uh, I, I've got to say I'm a big fan of the dynamic between Loden Graystorm and Bell Zetafar. You took the words right out. Of yeah, mouth. those are my favorite characters. Too. Yeah, it felt, and it felt like that. I, for whatever reason, it felt like the most familiar because it kind of does feel a little like um, uh, Anakin and. Um, but kind of yeah, like Anakin and Obi Wan. Yeah, but little, I kind of think little. it's in the reverse. Oh where, yes, uh, mm. where Loden is Anakin. Mm. Right. And, right. And Bel Zedifar is Obi Wan, constantly perplexed by his master because his yes. He, uh, there's one passage where he's describing how uh, Loden is a very active teacher, or, or rather makes makes Bell a very active participant in learning. Yeah, <laughs> and they're 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 piloting this vector towards the surface of the planet, and Loden just jumps out. He's like, "Oh, bye, and <laughs> see ya." <laughs> tells Bell just. It's all yours now. <laughs> and there, there's another situation the plane, where, uh, where where they're they're fighting the guards outside of this compound, and 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 Loden looks to Bell and says, "Protect me!" And he disengages his lightsaber and goes into like force meditation. <laughs> and Bill's like, "What? I need you." <laughs> so so yeah, I, I kind a, of love a that great dynamic. Uh, he puts so much trust in his Padawan, and 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 Bell describes it as. Every day is abs- every single day is absolutely exhausting because mm-hmm. it's one trial after another. It is great. He, like yeah, he does. Um, it's like he because uh, he knows that that's the only way that well, not the only way, but I'd like the maybe what he believes is the best way to teach his Padawan like right. these lessons is to just kind of like push the let baby him, out of the let nest. Let him figure it out. And just let yeah. him figure it out. And then, but like make it feel like he's on his own, but also like giving like you know like keeping a close eye so that he can like swoop in and save the day if he needs to kind of thing. Right. But, um, but yeah, I loved that dynamic. Um, also, I just want to say that like, I, um, uh, I mean the, the, the part one is called the disaster. So I knew that something bad was going to happen, but like, regardless the end of like the first, was it the first chapter? I guess like, um, or the first section at least, um, when the legacy run just like, blew up or whatever it was just like oh my god oh my god all those poor people like it well and 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 the feats of heroism on board the legacy run where they're trying to divert its path while in 
while at light speed. Yeah. And they almost do it. Right. But just 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 the just the imagery of hitting something in light speed. Yikes. Yeah. And we've seen it. Yeah, we did. In, uh, the last or the, last, the Jedi. last Jedi. Right. And so you can imagine just the calamity and the then for people to have survived that and then the people on board these kind of transports which are now effectively debris. Right. They are now the weapons that are going to destroy. You know what? You just blew my mind Hexol just now. System. That moment uh that happened do you, did did that cause i'm I'm wondering if the, in the last jedi what's her face like caused like an equally terrible disaster and just like murdered billions of people because she did that well she wasn't in a she wasn't in a hyperspace lane right so... i suppose that's different right because we don't so, know. Because th- this is this is this is fun too. Because like I think in this book we're we're getting we're getting a better idea of what hi- of how hyperspace works because they haven't really right. just like described it in full detail. So I'm I'm interested to get more details as to as to how it works. But um, but there is like a set traffic system. Yeah, but like I to... guess she was like like when you're warping when you're first going into warp speed or or hyperspace, um, like. You, it, I guess it's more like an on ramp, maybe, and then you eventually reach right. the <laughs> the lanes. I, I yeah, I I, I want to know how that works. And and to be fair, like when uh, when it happens in the Last Jedi, she immediately collides with with something. So whoops. But yeah, very very uh, a very interesting disaster. It, it as we said at the top, it. It varies greatly from something like the Death Star or just detonating a planet. This yeah. Is, it, this it's... has implications after the fact because this is, I imagine, there's going to be some kind of disruption in hyperspace travel and yeah. hyperspace lanes. And it just, at it... this time, the Republic is still expanding. So that it, that will have serious consequences. And I think, like, you know, it's... um. It has it definitely has a different impact when you know you have like an like an evil empire that's going around killing a bunch of planets. You know, like oh sure, you know that that makes sense. But like somehow it's like more tragic when it's like an accident, mm-hmm. uh, right? You know, and like and it's these and the other thing is that's really fun and interesting is that we're not just like because like the when they first encounter whatever these objects are that are falling out of the out of space. Um, they think that they're just, you know, like meteors or random objects, but then they realize that right. there's people on there and that they have to like somehow save those people before. Yeah, they can't, and, like, just, they can't like, just like destroy, destroy the thing. Yeah. yeah so it, it's such a cool like extra uh, layer to that. Yeah, um, definitely the, you know, the stakes are very high. Yeah. Now. And they couldn't uh, be higher, really. Yeah. And I'm really fascinated to see how because um, if you don't know much about the the High Republic sort of collection or whatever, mm-hmm. um, all the stories happen in this same kind of time frame at, at different points at, in different right. places of the galaxy. Right. So I'm um, I was able to snag the. um comics uh one through one through Mm -hmm. three the fourth one is released on in like the first week of april um so one through three are headed to me um in the mail and it'll be really interesting to kind of like 
meet the characters in the comics and see how things are going um, from all of these different character perspectives. Am I right by saying, because I mean, I remember listening to that um, or watching that cool little, I wasn't, I guess it was a documentary. With all the authors? Yeah, where they're talking about like, just it's basically everything sort of kind of starts with this disaster and then mm-hmm. branches off, right? Like every, right. every story so the, that they're telling right. is kind of coming from a different viewpoint on mm-hmm. on this on this event. Which is yeah, a really clever and interesting way to to do that. I just it's I don't think it's ever done been done or at least not on this level, not in Yeah, this, uh, and there's loads of material. I mean, there's like the the young adult book and then right. the kids books and the, the porn, comics. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the aspect of the prequels I really liked, and funny enough, it's kind of what a lot of people didn't like about them, and it's hmm. the the geopolitics, like the oh sure the political ramifications of something like this, and and uh, as we said, you see the Republic kind of in a, a new era; it's expanding at greater speeds than it ever has before. But the Republic at this time doesn't have a standing military. It has a defense force, you know, kind of cobbled together. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is no Grand Army of the Republic that can show up at a moment's notice to address a situation like this. And think about how much time it takes for just one cruiser to show up and several Jedi on board, which does prove to be enough. But how do you deal with with galactic-wide threats without a clone army. or uh... So as good as things are right now, you could see how this could get pretty dicey to deal with. Well, okay, and, so, and here, I, I don't, I don't, I was just thinking in my head, um, wh- we, we didn't really get a description of what the, like, what they ran into, like, in hyperspace, right? But what do you mean? Like the what? What the legacy run collided with? Yes. Was it another ship? They didn't say. I Mm-mm. don't remember them saying. So that 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 is a mystery that's that remains to be solved. And I I that's what my, I mean. There's foul play here. Uh, yeah, Some, Somebody evil, planted something. An evil plot afoot. And I I I, I dare I, say the Nile. Yeah, I because I mean we're obviously like we've been we've been introduced to the Nile being like sort of the big baddie of right. the this High Republic. Um, I mean, they're one of the big baddies, I guess, because there's numerous. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's like we're, I'm trying to figure out if it was like the hyperspace was somehow sabotaged in some way um, that they yeah. knew would cause great, great havoc. Um, yeah, there's something going on that we don't know about yet. And, and what I liked about the jumping around too was. Uh, if you don't like some this of chapter, these vignettes... just wait for a second. You'll get something new. <laughs> So some of these some of these vignettes, I mean, proved to be probably inconsequential Vignettes. as far as the overall story, but uh, yeah, especially the like ones for, that already died. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I mean. Like the scan text, you know, yeah. you know Mervin Getter. We get like several pages of him talking about this date he wants to go on with the bartender. Uh, yeah, that was sad. It was. And he sad. Want, that he goes to this cantina four times a night and wants to 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 see her. 
and then moments later he's dead. Yeah, that and was it, one of those moments though. It was just like, oh, that bitch is gonna die. It's just like yeah, when like but, in movies, like extrapolate that out by a hundred million people, and mm-hmm. it's 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 like in those um those disaster movies when yeah. like you know the the wife and husband are like, oh, we we have our very first child. I'm so happy. What are we gonna <laughs> name her? Oh, we're gonna name her Tabana, and then. The second you name the baby, dead. You have have given it the black spot. That's it. You can't name the baby in the movie. Otherwise, you're dead. But I just like getting the perspective on... uh, You kind of get two sides of the coin of of the breakdown of law and order during a crisis like this. So you have Minister Eka, who is being... A, you know, a really strong and, and good leader and, and trying to keep everyone calm. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you know, we, we have that compound where the, 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 the bureaucrat has his ship right. and he's not letting refugees on. Mm-hmm. What a dick. And then you just have this free-for-all scrum yeah. to just uh, of panic yeah. and, and death. And I, again, that's not something we've really gotten to see in Star Wars. At least, at least, uh, as far as the movies are concerned, they started so, kind of like dipping their toes into it with like the Canto Bite thing, you know, where it's like they have like the the wealthy and privileged and right a little a little bit, yeah, the class yeah. the the class issues, you know, um, but yeah, this this was the <laughs> seeing it in very stark contrast, yeah, like the the more privileged people like being able to escape the planet and the other people being like, please take us with you. And you're, and you're going to have a galactic refugee crisis because this right. is going to affect other systems, mm-hmm. I assume. I mean, it's been foreshadowed that uh, it has been this is going to be a problem for others and how the Republic responds to that and the strain it puts on the Jedi, who at this time are very numerous and are very active mm-hmm. and are um, are generally very well-liked, too. They're They're... They interact with people. They're they're kind of celebrities almost. Yeah, I kind of, uh, not to bring it back to Marvel, but they kind of felt to me like how people view the Avengers. Yeah, Yeah. I can see that. Like there's this this group of like all powerful beings and everybody kind of knows who they are. And it's like this excitement and hubbub behind what they do. So, well, and it's such a far cry from the Jedi of the prequels who are. Declining in numbers, uh, there's distrust. They are less equipped to deal with, say, the separatist movement. They're blinded um, by their blinded. You know, yes, they're very disillusioned. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder if, if the High Republic era starts to lay the groundwork for that. They oh, get probably. so confident in and the feats they can achieve. Look at the feats we have! Oh my God, we have that, such good uh, feats. You know that. They get in over their heads, and that's where the arrogance blinds them, and the Sith are able to kind of sneak them through the cracks. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. Um, So how many people died in this uh, first part? Like over 20 million, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I loved that, like, I mean, fuck. It was, like, so dark um, that, like, you know, 20 million, 20 million people dead was a relief. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, wow. I know. Right. Oh, right. my gosh. It was like we were talking with Chancellor So, and we, we gave her the numbers, and while she's concerned, she's relieved. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's Buff. relieved? That many people? 
<laughs> yeah. Woof. Um, I am really excited to keep reading and listening and yeah, I just the yeah, whole I'm the just whole... excited to be reading. What? Yeah, that's impressive, Daniel. I'm I'm very You're impressed. Very impressive. But I think it's nuts what the Jedi pulled off. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was a new look at the Jedi in general, that not only the Jedi in the Hetzal system, uh, while flying their vectors and doing various other activities, were able to reach out with the Force and stop the Tabana gas canister from or diverting it away from the sun. But it was not only them, but talks about Yoda reaching out right. from wherever he was. So Jedi at this time are able to reach out across the galaxy, kind of like we see Luke and Last Jedi. As sort of like a high projects mind. himself. Yeah, to all connect to other Jedi to work together. That's pretty, That's pretty cool. nuts. But yeah. it's I interesting mean, too, because like, am I right by saying that um, they're kind of able to do that only because they're like channeling themselves through Avar Chris. Am I crazy? Because like that's her power. Yeah. Y- yes. And this is addressed in that specific power is actually addressed in one of the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic games, mm. and it's oh, called cool. Battle Meditation. Oh. Where where you have a Jedi who is basically an antenna of Force power and is able to, fo- as you said, Daniel, focus. Force abilities to achieve one one strategic goal, or that's like such um, an OP thing, and it like makes yeah. sense that like, I mean like, but it tells you how like strong they are collectively because that same that same power was used by Luke and it killed him. Right, right. And Luke and 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 Luke is a, a powerful Jedi, but he has nothing on these people. <laughs> right, right. I mean, this is the heyday of the Jedi, yeah. truly. So uh, that that that's really cool. Um, I guess you can sort of say it, that uh, that Ray kind of maybe sort of did the same thing at the end of uh, um, the movie Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, uh, eh, sort of, not well, really. Well, she. Well, I mean, her 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 deal was transferring life force well oh yes no i know but like just hearing the the voices of all the past oh oh i see what you mean yes channeling Channeling that that i am all of the jedi yeah yeah you know it could this could be a further explanation of what what happened there i am all the jedi because they were all they all reached out to her that feels to me like a lot like um avatar the last airbender sure because like ang and Korra, like all of them are able to sort of channel the energy and divinity from the previous avatars oh man i love that so, show so that's much so good. um all right well any other thoughts on on part thoughts one the disaster um, a tragic day yeah i'm excited to to get going and um let's reach chapter the the second part like let's do it now uh if you're along for the journey with us uh, chime in on uh, the social media on what you like about this new Star Wars storytelling, and if you're ahead of us, which many of you probably are, actually, uh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till we finish. Then we can like maybe uh, start talking about like where we think the you know where it's going because th- th- I yeah, think that sure. uh, just the last the last thing for me is that I'm this does feel like a dope dope like 
uh, foundation point. Like, you know. Yeah, just let me know when you want me to uh, start my outrageous Darth Plagueis theory. Oh, boy. So. Here we go. I, I'm, no, I'm right there with you, So buddy. you just let me know when you're ready I, for I'm that. I'm 100% and... with you on that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, that was part one of The Light of the Jedi. Thanks for listening in. It felt so good to be inside the Tauntaun Yes, we're back in here. It's so warm in here. We love it. We love you all. Let us know if you have uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, anything at all about about the first part of the book. Uh, Even just what you ate for breakfast today. Yeah, just just tell us. us. Tell us. Thanks so much for listening. This is Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Alyssa Simmons. And I'm Daniel Dawson. And I'm Dino Nicandros. May the force be with you. Always. Fire! <laughs> <laughs>